Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Vibrations. The boys are here. It's uh, it was a adventure to get here to be mic to mic with my boy here, but uh, we got it done. We were dealing with bad weather. Also, he's an island boy, so uh, it's, it just takes a little more time. We're dealing with the with the rainy season out there. We're dealing with bad internet, but we're making things happen. Introducing my guest today, Jay Spear. Thank you, brother. Herbs, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, dude. He's referring Arvs as the head vibrator that you're hearing right now. My name is Vic. Welcome, welcome, vibrators, to another episode. Arvs is a is a family nickname, and uh, Jay Spears is definitely family. Uh, he's the adventurous gimp to me. He's the the brother. He's the cosmic <laughs> brother, dude. When you dropped cosmic brother on that 27th birthday greeting that you gave me i was tripping cosmic <laughs> brother this is fresh i mean brother from another mother is kind of outdated we gotta update it with uh, the lings <laughs> but i mean as you guys could probably tell this man is aware um that some would say woke um very well educated he's your how's the the ocean by the wow dude just space so hard <laughs> the marine biology life going on are you doing anything in marine biology at all in shargao this man's living the island life right now he's in where are you tell him where you are bro Shargao island philippines it's a little on the east coast we're in the open ocean here. There's not much marine, marine life here. The, the um, here actually, like, link up with some NGOs and through the government here. And I did like a couple surveys with some two different groups here. They were like looking to put in some sanctuaries. Um, but yeah, there's not many spots here, dude. Uh, sadly, haven't been diving. I did for, you know, like two weeks, but it wasn't really, I'm spoiled, man. It's not what I'm used to out here. Yeah. It's not the same as the other Island that you hopped off of for sure. <laughs> Definitely not where, uh, where we met was the prime spot. Yeah, so we met in Dumaguete. You were in the Peace Corps. No, you were in the Peace Corps still. Dude, this man has been out there in the islands, living that island life for a while, dude. How long have you been out in the islands? Shit, man, it's been... Uh, I moved here in 2011, I want to say. And was when I joined the Peace Corps. So I was out here for about two years, that trip uh, south of Dumaguete in Sambonguita. And then Living I moved the back. the humble life, dude. Oh, my gosh. That Super life in Sambonguita. out in the provinces. Let, let the vibrators know what and I mean. mean. Let, let, let's give them an image real quick of, the, <coughs> of how humble you were living out there. 
Mm. Yeah, it was a big shock. I uh, being assigned for coastal resource management, doing like marine bio stuff. Um, I was super blessed to in this really small. Uh, it's not even a town. It's a municipality. <laughs> about 45 minutes south of Dumaguete and it's pretty pretty rural we'll say that I was living in a little dirt roads on and off I mean it's pretty rural mostly dirt roads yeah Yeah. the really nice I lived in a pretty small little my first six months there had to fetch my own water to fill up the bathroom trash can that we use. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, it was pretty a pretty big shock for me, but I loved it, man. That's it was sick. Yeah. what made me fall in love with the Philippines. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine like not getting your own water to flush your toilet. Like that must be <laughs> so. That just cannot be us, dude. Like. If I'm going to use the toilet, it's already such a blessing. I'm not digging a hole. Like, I might as well go get water. Like, it's too easy just to press a button and flush it. That's just, I was, you're, you're over that. I was over that for a while. So we had to make moves. But a little backstory on Jay Spear. He's also a North Carolina boy. Shout out, North Carolina baby. And so going from North going from the Tar Heel State, Chapel Hill precisely. To Zambongita, to fetching your water to flush your toilet. What was that like, dude? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was definitely. Dude, Chapel Hill's, Chapel Hill's pretty swanky, too. So it's just like, that's, it's pretty sick. We that you got, got some swank. We also, yeah, man, I, I, uh, we were talking about this the other day. We're blessed to grow up in a nice area of North Carolina, and I mean, I I grew up not on the swanky side though, and uh, yeah. you know, my, anywhere in anywhere in America, swanky cramp- compared to bringing your water to the toilet. Really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my mom grew up in a house, you know, with like a her parents built the house with their hands outhouse so you know i i grew up hearing stories about living like that and i never really experienced it until like that's sick it's almost like you not necessarily manifested it but you 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 set yourself up to be okay with it from the beginning and you Mm -hmm. almost found excitement in it like like nostalgia or something <laughs> in a way, like you're tapping into your roots exactly. of uh, your ancestors or whatever. I guess you could, if you take it pretty deep, that's, that's a beautiful way to look at it, man. Like to think about the way that our ancestors lived into the way that we live now and the convenience and everything, it's not necessarily shameful, but it's definitely really, really convenient. And it's, it's always humbling to, to, mm. to step back and, uh, bring the water to the toilet you know the water goes into the <laughs> toilet it brings the water into the toilet 
I mean, yeah, dude, I, I think we kind of take for granted growing up in America at the time we did. But, you know, you go back a couple of generations and it was pretty, pretty hard living, especially in the South. But, uh, yeah. you know, joining the Peace Corps, you're, you're looking at it as a, as a uh, adventure. I mean, that's why I did mm-hmm. it in the first place was to get out of my comfort zone, see other parts of the world. Uh, Classic adventure. Share culture. <laughs> yeah, man, and I still, I still am addicted to it. I, uh, you know, Can I got me? stuck out here, but that's 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 living, bro. You're that's everyone is. I'm sure that's that's listening to this. That's not facing an ocean is quite jealous. And uh, they understand why you're addicted to it, I'm sure. But, I mean, yeah, it was... Uh, so, we met after your Peace Corps experience. Um, Zambuangita, south of the of the city that we had met. Uh, Dumaguete, the school that I'd gone to, was a international school. Um, Jay was working with some marine biology stuff. I don't know. How how did we meet again, Jay? Someone introduced yeah, yeah, us. I do remember that. Uh, Alfred, shout right, out to right. Freed's. Freed's, Freddie Leafs. He brought me over to y'all's little frat house. What was it called? Sheesh. Vaj. <laughs> it's French. It's <laughs> not a, a go into that. The meaning of it, but uh, <laughs> got me over there, and I'm and Jesse Chumley that night because in you know Filipinos are all over America, but uh, oh, believe that that's always the uh, that's how I meet my friends usually. Freaking. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, dude, that was crazy when we met that that night. I definitely remember it. You know, I'd met Filipino Americans from you know it's the typical spots like the mm-hmm. Bay Area, Chicago, Texas, whatever. But That's from right. North Carolina, I was like, what? The? I didn't know any Filipinos yeah. in North Carolina, and you There's you were forty minutes away. My family's yeah, heavily involved so. in the <laughs> FAAT, Filipinos, Filipino-American yeah, yeah. <laughs> something tradition or something. It's like the Filipino clan here in North Carolina. So there's definitely a couple. When you get Y'all here, we're going to bring every... the Filipino gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm sure they'll love me there for sure. But yeah, I'm sure uh, that was really odd to like. Back to the the night I met you too, because Jesse is from Jasper, Georgia, which is um fuck, and my yes. grandma is Lucky from there. Boys. That's where my grandma's house was, and I grew up going there in the summers. We had we had the same like childhood memories of swimming in the fishing hole there. Like it was wild to meet both of y'all on the same night. That's I mean dude, Greensboro, the re- brothers, dude. For real, man. For real. And the road I grew up on was old Greensboro Road. And if you took that straight 
30 minutes through the country, you back road between Chapel Hill and Greensboro. That was the back road. They were smug- smuggling moonshine and like tobacco back in the day. During the Prohibition times. <laughs> oh, it's still out wagons. there, bub. It's still out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. People make sure you uh, make sure you bring your empty jar when you're on that road. Dude, when you get here, make sure you bring your empty jar. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. So <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we had some good times. Yeah, to say we had a frat house is uh, it's a little stretch of the the meaning. It was a, a house that uh, we lived in, or I lived in with four other people or three other people. Uh, Lavage is a uh, Vaj is Victor, Amira, Jeff, and Jesse. So it's not. It's not um, as naughty as it sounds, um, but we had some good times in that place. Um, God, I'm pretty sure that place was great like, times, man. That place had to have been one of the first frat houses in, or like it wasn't even a frat house. What am I saying? What the fuck? It was like <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of the first houses as that would be like established to be somewhat like characteristic as a frat. Cause after we left, you know, that house turned actually into a frat house, right? What? Yeah. Beta, Y'all primed beta, it. Yeah. Beta Sig or something out of, uh, out of Silliman bought it or like is renting it. And it's a legit frat house. Like the mama Christine is the, is like the head of the frat. She, you know, you know, she was the Payag mama. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, yep. It's like Payag 2.0, oh, the frat funny, house. Man. Like it's yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's... groundwork. <laughs> I don't even know, but that I mean, dude, those are crazy times. I don't even want to really tap into that too hard. <laughs> it's too many, too many <laughs> times there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, leading man, now so... into uh, into where you are. So, what brought you to Shargao, dude? Well, uh, after my Dumaguete experience, when I was there, I moved back home for a bit and I was looking, I was trying to find something to do with my degree, but, uh, the timing wasn't real good and there weren't a lot of government jobs. Not that I necessarily wanted to do that, but, um, I also just realized that getting your master's nowadays isn't what it used to be. And you kind of need like a PhD to really pursue higher level work in that field. So I was kind of sick of school. I wanted to try to work for a bit and I decided I would come back to the Philippines and do some like online teaching while pursuing some marine bio stuff on the side just for passion and uh yeah exactly kind of get back to why i wanted to do it and like get wet again enjoy it exactly in the world dude that's so i know this is probably a like a heavyweighted question but like like what were the what was the most discouraging, like going into marine biology and going so far into it to get, you know, further degrees? What would you mm. say to people who are, you know, interested in being becoming marine biologists? Like, 
give him a little chunk of your cheese, bud. I mean, I don't want to like discourage people, but I kind of inspire off that way when I talk about this stuff. Um, I mean, (laughs) it's it's the way that you see it, and reality is sometimes the best inspiration, dude. That's true, man. And yeah, I don't want to sugarcoat it, Uh, but yeah, I mean now getting a master's specifically in the sciences is not a very lucrative idea if you're trying to make a career out of it. Not unless you want to work in education or like if you want to work in education or just like uh, applied research. Right, 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 right. Like you basically get trapped working at the school uh, and where we went is not the best uh, education system for doing something like that. Like they don't require you to produce literature and it's degree compared to other places. And I did make good connections and stuff, but uh, you know, jobs I was looking at leaving Silliman were basically things I could have done out of college without a master's. Um, so the claim is the connections that the connections in the industry is really easily tapped when you go into that um, scientific field, I guess, if you want to pursue it and take advantage of your connections that you make because that really um, progresses your, you know, what you actually want to do if you want to avoid research or getting trapped in the school system and, you know, is that something that you can agree with or like something that you've seen positive with it? Yeah. I mean, you can find venues to like seek out what you really want based on who you've met and the research you've done. If you find something interesting and, you know, different schools or organizations that are linked to doing something like that. But, you know, I found that it was pretty discouraging, man. I was looking at, jobs outside of the states particularly because there's not much you know i was doing stuff with coral um and outside of you know hawaii there's not much in the states um but yeah the philippines specifically like just the south for working at an ngo is not sustainable for livelihood uh and if you know my other option was get my PhD somewhere else and I just didn't want to do that again and you know once you get your PhD basically our staff for the you wind up being a professor and sucking people into the same cycle mm-hmm. uh, you don't see as much of a change it, of application at, as you thought you would in this field yeah yeah that's definitely part of it that's definitely part of it and also you know i've worked with a lot of different groups during my time at silliman uh like greenpeace and other ngos stuff like that but uh okay greenpeace guy we know you know (laughs) but it was imagined it to be honestly and it's a lot more political than it should be and uh 
you know, they, I don't know. It's, it's Mm. a pretty, it's a pretty sad world when you look at the picture because seriously, man, especially when you're trying to like do something to protect the earth and you realize that, you know, you can do beach cleanups and simple stuff like that involving communities, but on, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's got to come from the top down with governments and, you know, big corporations littering the fucking oceans around the world. I mean, the Philippines is mm-hmm. one of the worst it's in terms of that. Sure. Yeah, um, that, so that sounds it, so it can, frustrating. Yeah, that's definitely the word I would describe. It sounds like Um, trying to solve a Rubik's Cube you can't even get your hands on yet. Right, right. It's like you can see it. You know, I was was blessed to have been involved with my Oppo Island project. Um, Oh, that was fire, dude. That was a fire proj. Super blessed to have done that. Um, That's actually the first marine sanctuary in the world that That's predates rock the great barrier really yeah insane dude and Silliman was involved in it so wait can you, can you, you know there that are one more time what was this island what is this island apple island apple island is actually off the coast of zambongita let's rock um about 45 minutes south of dumaguete and then you take a boat that's another probably 45 minutes and it's this tiny little island with surrounded by reef um, and beautiful coral reef and all kinds of marine life. I think there's something like 200 coral species there and insane fish. I mean, it's, it's one of the best spots for diving in the world probably. Yeah, I um, and it's because it's because they've protected it for thirty plus years. Um, and I was Dr. doing Alcala. a project there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, Doctor Alcala. I was blessed to have him as my professor. Wow, his dude. last year at Silliman. Dude, that's big. So cool. So cool. But yeah, it. Uh, we were doing a project um, monitoring the recovery of the reef because we got hit by two pretty big typhoons in the early 2010s and it wiped out the like whole backside of the island. The reef was completely gone, like a graveyard. It was crazy. Not the so crazy. <laughs> the backside, the best side. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that backside's... I mean, that's where all like the bigger fishies are, huh? That that's like uh on the other side. That's like coconut, where there's a, a rip current. Yeah. There's like a lot of current over there, and like you, that's where you see like the pelagics, huh? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's even hammerheads on yeah. the deeper side of. They get hammered. That part. <laughs> it's it's a really amazing spot, and the fact that you got to work there and. I mean, you were sleeping on the, you were, you were doing some Moana shit, weren't you? You were out there like sleeping on, sleeping underneath the stars. Like you're waking up early, getting out into the water, like pretty much. Coral. Yep. So what exactly were you, like, I'm sorry, that was probably uh, not yeah. justice. So. 
give it some justice real quick. Well, that's that's about that's about right. We were uh... <laughs> <laughs> like recent part of the like plan of the island to uh, decide how to like protect and reposition the sanctuaries so that it would recover properly. Uh, it gets a lot of traffic for divers, so they were pretty worried about that interrupting the natural recovery of it because um, the main sanctuary there was on the backside. So they, we like, not me, but part of the team I was working with kind of um, led with the community there and other organizations like plans to reorganize the sanctuaries and where people dove. Mm-hmm. Um, like a traffic. But yeah, man, I was, I live there. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I was living there out of a year. I pretty much lived there for like three months. Uh, and it's a, really rural place i mean there's no electricity even more they have a generator (laughs) yeah exactly i mean there's no electricity that dude we had a there's a generator for the whole island that runs from like five to eight o'clock at night when everybody charges their shit and (laughs) does what they got to do so amazing, you know, sings man. karaoke. <laughs> <sighs> and and uh, yeah, there's no fresh water. Uh, we were we were uh, taking our showers at the local uh, well. You've uh, joined the little community and dip your bucket down in the well. And it's like a, it's a volcanic island, so it smells like sulfur, the water there. For those who don't know, it smells like eggs. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty dope. Um, but it was such a good time. It's probably, you know, I have a couple of things in the Philippines. That's definitely one of them. Made that's a lot. Amazing. You know, the days we weren't diving, I was playing basketball with the locals and uh, went to Fiesta there a couple of times, which is crazy a crazy time i'm sure imagine a whole island having a party and it's literally the whole island (laughs) and the island's only i think there's you know no more than two (laughs) thousand because typically you hear the whole island and they're referring to just like the city they're in but in this case it's literally (laughs) the whole island yeah man it's a it's a magical place for sure. That's amazing. Speaking of magical places, so I mean, you're in Sharagao now, um, surf capital of the Philippines, dude. We've talked about doing podcasts before. We've talked about moving to Sharagao. You know, here we are. You're in Sharagao. I'm hosting a podcast. <laughs> Cosmic Brothers or yeah, Cosmic man. Sisters, dude. What's up? Kind of, that's kind of why I came living in Davao. Um, we ha- we also have a friend there, Nico, from Silliman, who lit who's from there. And I'd never visited, before we left, 
and uh, I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he was kind of bummed that I never came through. I was like, <laughs> you know, I need. I, I was I was going to be working online, so I wanted some steady internet, and I I wanted to switch it up and try somewhere else. So I came to Davao and stayed with Nico for a bit. Um, Love him and his family. Got my shout out to the Mendozas. Uh, um, but yeah, I wound up staying there for like two years. Uh, this was during COVID too. Maybe I had six months before COVID started. And uh, it was just really strict. The lockdowns there were really strict. And I wasn't able to go to the beach anymore. Uh, you know, I was going to Sao. I was going to Samal Island there to dive and, uh, you know, do the island thing because it's kind of a city. Which I'm, I'm not a city boy. Yeah, Davao is, <laughs> is a city. Is a city. But, I mean, that's such a blessing Her, to have Nico's family through COVID. I mean, in times of lonesome, you know, like crazy things happening, at least that's so nice. You got to, like, be with him and his family and – uh have home cooked meat, like good meals, I'm sure. And yeah, that's such a blessing. Yeah, definitely, man. It, I definitely had a little family there. So I felt at home and I made a lot of good friends in Davao. Um, but after a while, I just got, I also, the internet wound up not being so good there. Uh, and I got fired from my teaching jobs like twice. Oh, no. Um, so I kind of, I started getting into some agriculture stuff uh this guy's a fun guy this guy's a fun guy yeah we were doing uh some indoor mushroom growing uh doing oyster mushrooms and did some microgreen stuff but amazing the economy the economy was pretty rough there and it was just a small gig too we weren't really you know, we were trying to scale things up, but uh, I, I chose to put that on hold and move to Chargao. <laughs> I sold my car and moved to Chargao and just decided to kick it here until I go back to the States after my visa runs out. You're not going to um, renew so it me- for the 70,000th time? Uh, as of now, I think... My plans are to move back to the States for a bit, and uh, I'm going to do, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, come visit you, see what's popping in Greensboro. I have some plans with a homie from college who's uh, trying to open to a little farming um, of all types. There we go. Yeah, that the time that you spent cultivating the mushrooms and microgreens and, you know, diving into mycology, it's going to be used in the future, obviously like going into this agricultural venture again. So that was a, that must've been a great experience, dude. Like I'm kind of jealous. We've talked about it it a lot. We were, we were in heavy contact during it and it was so sick to see you do it, dude. Hanging bags. Yeah. It was really fun, man. Mycelium just, just taking over just before fruiting. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really cool, man. Big learning curve, but uh, I jumped right on it, and I loved it, man. I mean, we we dabbled in some stuff in Dumaguete before, like 
camps outside and I've always had a green thumb. I love, you know, we had vegetable garden and stuff growing up in North Carolina. We got a big micro- Originally big, I wanted big to go to school. Here. Big fun guys. We love our mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Anything, man. I would run anything. Um, but yeah, getting stuck in a city, it was kind of trying to figure out how to do some agriculture stuff urbanly mm. and uh, a growing industry. And uh, especially during COVID, a lot of people were doing it. You know, people being stuck at home. Um, some would say it's medicine. Your money well. on the side. Some oh. have claimed that it has medicinal purposes. Living- so, for health, I'm sure it was a uh, it was sought after. It was so good. Prime oyster steaks. They, mm. uh, you know, making chips out of it and all kinds of shit. My my business partner was like a chef, so. We were that was, testing out that was different the plug products. into the restaurant, huh? Yep, yep, yep. That's how I mm. got into that world. Um, I see. But yeah, I mean, I, it was it was a good experience, and I, it actually kind of primed me for what I want to do when I come back home. And during COVID, like you know, it made me realize that people. You know, all this, all the small businesses getting closed, all the industry taking over, the corporations like seizing the reins. But food is all need, and you know, good organic, locally produced food is what the world Amen. needs. Amen. And and I just realized that you know that's something I want to do. I want to have my own little my own little homestead where I can provide for myself, but provide for you know, people like you and other people involved in it have this worldview that I really share and compared to my Marine. It's not only world, dude, it's cosmic, bro. (laughs) Yeah. The cosmic force. I mean, that's the only reason why, you know, how, how would you have met someone else from North Carolina out of years of living there? And then we're so aligned with everything that even to the agricultural interest, something that, you know, you developed. I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, going from mycology to gardening and something that we we've been geeking out for a long time, Jay and I. Um, it's why this podcast is definitely a little late to the party, but, you know, we're enjoying it. And it's... um. Something to say the least that's definitely sparks so much passion. And uh, Jay and I call each other all the time throughout, you know, the weeks and just, you know, shoot shit with what, what you know, agricultural topics of what's going on. Well, did you see that North Carolina just legalized cannabis, bro? Medical. I did, dude. Wow. Yeah. I never thought that would happen. I never did you, thought did that you read the bill? Did you, uh, I, you see I browsed the article. Yeah. I didn't like actually look at the bill itself, but yeah, I read the article. Seems pretty fucking positive. It seems like it's setting people, it's setting up RJ Reynolds and all these tobacco companies to be the. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, that's how it's going to go in the long run in the States anyways. I mean, look at... But yeah, of course, North Carolina, man. I mean, that's why I thought it would never go. But if it's going to go, it's going to make a lot of money for North Carolina. Exactly. That's the only way they're going to let it in is if they can, you know, make money off of it. But hey, it's good for us. (laughs) Hey, dude, that's what I said. I was like, more medicine for the people. More minds being open, dude. More understanding of the other side of the coin. Exactly. And we had some of the worst fucking laws for possession and like minor, you know, anything outside of I don't know, man. I, I, growing up, at least, I don't know about now. But yeah, it was not uh, a safe place to be a smoker, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. They, they'd be like uh, calling it devil's cabbage still and like <laughs> the devil's lettuce and like just super harsh terms from back in the day. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> um, the laws now are lenient bro you can have underneath an ounce and a half and it still be a misdemeanor and just a fine and potential oh, wow. uh days in jail but you have to have like some serious like intent to sell like cash on you and like little baggy you have to be like an idiot um i'm just okay. kidding there's no idiots in town you know we're all good people around here we're sometimes learning at a different pace but um yeah but it's only it's $200 fine? That's like not bad. It's like, it's definitely a misdemeanor now. What was it like back in the day, day for you back in the Chapel Hill? Hey, yay. Oh, oh man. man. I remember, I guess because I was under eight at the time. Were. You know, I left North. Um, so when I got in trouble, it was like an MIP, was what they tried to charge me with. And that I had to take a class or some shit, but so I didn't get like a it. criminal. <laughs> I didn't get like a criminal record or anything. But if you're over eighteen and got busted for what we were doing, you know, smoking and having like yeah. an eighth on you or something, it was bad. It's bad. It was it's like, like a, it was like a fel- not a felony. It might have been a felony. I can't remember it exactly what it one, was. It was but... a schedule drug for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Crazy shit, Imagine man. Getting a felony record for weed. Oh my gosh. Wild. And then I moved to Colorado where it was already medical at the time. Big, big world of difference for sure. <laughs> yeah. Is that, do you think that's where your mind really, like, I mean, it seems like you were already pretty open minded, like in North Carolina. You know, you were already open to, you know, a more humble lifestyle. Um, yeah, I know you have a tattoo that represents Colorado, and it's uh, it's important to you. Do you think that 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 made you more of that? Uh, oh, I want to go join Peace Corps. Yeah, it definitely led me down that path. I mean, I met my recruiter out there, and oh, you met? I didn't realize uh, you met them in Colorado. That's yeah. It was kind of when I was graduating. I was like planning what I was going to do, and talked to some people out there. Uh, and they really put me on that path. But, uh, yeah, man, my time out there was amazing. Uh, specifically, my my education was really fun. Oh, you're uh, school out there. You're, you're a Colorado guy. I mean, dude. it's 
it's beautiful nature and if you play your cards right you can study and do it mixed together so i was blessed again there uh what did you study there ecology Mm. ecology and evolutionary biology bro that's gonna be heavily used in your permaculture experience bro you're gonna tap into some old books for sure that's definitely what kind of you know i actually pre-med and uh i hated it and i had a bunch of bio requirements filled so i kind of just switched into that but i was looking at going to fort collins at csu to do agriculture but i would have lost so much credits that i decided to ecology instead at boulder because it you know some of the classes were pretty similar and uh yeah i love it was I Dude, love it. Was so cool, man. So cool. This like it's it's systems thinking. It's analyzing a, the nature's natural systems. It's so amazing. Mm. It's I mean, and yeah, it's the basis for like any kind of uh, broader science that deals with the living world uh, mm. in almost all fields, and it. You know, Colorado's amazing nature. So my last year and a half there, we I was up at the Mountain Research Station in the Rockies, living in a cabin, catching mice and fishing. And it was so cool, man. Bro, you're so fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you are doing that out there, man. You're mountain man, too. This guy's mountain, ocean, gosh, urban farmer. Yeah, I definitely... I definitely learned my love for the mountains out there because, you know, where we grew up in the Piedmont, we didn't have much of that. Rolling hills, baby, rolling hills. So going into Peace Corps, I'm really interested in how one does it. Like, I could, is there an age limit to Peace Corps? (laughs) No, there's not, dude. The people in my batch was, yeah, there were some really cool, like, older people who were retired who just wanted to, like, you know, travel the mm, world and experience right. new shit. Really cool people doing that. Uh, so how, how does that one of my best. You like sign up on a list? It's like military. <laughs> um. So when I graduated from Boulder, it was 2009, and it was like right after the big crash and the job uh, prospects weren't so great for someone with a bachelor's in ecology yeah uh, even though that's dope. once again super dope but you know I was now, to be research. <laughs> looking back on it yeah but at the time it was frustrating once again uh i think it's a theme when you <laughs> studying and pursuing things that like involve preserving nature it's just Mm. goes against our capitalistic system that it can be pretty pretty uh discouraging yeah definitely um but yeah i was looking at my white house (laughs) ain't no ain't no such thing there exactly but uh yeah man i i was looking at my prospects and i decided you know, maybe it'll be better in a couple of years. Why don't I do the Peace Corps? Because I've always kind of had an interest in it. 
Um, uh, the, the recruiter I met at Boulder was really cool, and she was telling me my options with my degree. Um, you know, my, my stepdad is a, a small-scale bee farmer, so I had that okay. experience, and um, I originally was supposed to go to Africa to do beekeeping and, like, agriculture. Uh, but then my, my recruiter told me, she was like, well, you know, you also have these biology, this biology background in ecology. Uh, if you get scuba certified, you could go to the Peace Corps, uh, to the Philippines and do coastal resource management. So I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds a lot better than potentially being in the middle of Africa, sweating my ass off. Yeah, let's do the let's do the islands. <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's what put me down the island path for sure. That's sick. I love the full circle there. Uh, I I could only imagine with the way that the world's going and the way that you know the mentality of a lot of the generation that's coming up, they're they're going to be interested in doing things like peace corps you know like giving back i'm just seeing it so i just wanted to tap into it a little bit and give some knowledge of um you know what that's even like i don't really i think i mean i think i'm pretty blessed to have the couple of friends i do have that that have experience in peace corps but i don't believe that like i've met anyone outside of the philippines that has peace corps. yeah yeah like peace corps is a I don't know. It's it's far and in between the people that choose to do it, but it's always gems that you find. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely have to have like a certain uh, skill set to to be accepted. Um, you have to have a college oh. degree and like mm. uh, fit into their different programs they have, like teaching and child development and coastal resource management, agriculture. So you have to have a certain background. Um, but yeah, what you were saying, my, my youngest sister, actually, she's about to graduate, uh, next year and she's been expressing interest in doing the Peace Corps as well. So, and, and I think a lot of her friends are also into that kind of realm as well. I can only, you know, it's not to say that I, I can predict the future, but it's pretty obvious with the way that, um, world spotlights are you know where they're shining you know there's a lot of spotlight on the calamities going on in the on earth and the way so i'm sure that these upcoming generations are gonna are gonna do us justice do it for the kids you know do it for the kids that's what it's all about yeah man i, dude, I got a lot of faith i got a lot of faith in the the gen and because they mm. you know i'm a i'm a like uh, I'm 34, so I'm a like uh, older end of the millennial spectrum, mm. and we kind of lost the we dropped the ball pretty hard <laughs> from my perspective. Um, there is no ball to drop know, at, because everyone's ball is already glued to their hands before they knew. You know what I mean? No one dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a lubed up ball. It's a lubed up ball that you can't catch. It's like every generation primes the next. So it's like you can't it's the past generation before you's fault and the one before them's fault. And but 
at least this generation, we're very aware and we're making it yeah. known the real issues. And I think the next generation after they're seeing the the reality and the you know the vulgarity of reality, and they're like, oh shit, this is crazy. And then mm. hopefully going to be better. But mm. that's just also um, your boy who's a. Uh, very optimistic about things. <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, but I'm that's uh, sick that your sister's doing that. That's sick. Yeah, she's so cool, man. I'm blessed with uh, three awesome younger sisters who all my other two sisters are out in Utah. They kind of followed the the Western uh, Rocky vibe, and my youngest sister is up in Vermont in Burlington. Which is kind of like the boulder, the boulder of the East Coast. Okay. And we we all we all share, you know, the same passions and love and nature and you know wanting wanting the world to get its shit together in some yeah in some manner. Yeah, you guys are all very aware. Um, I think that's something amazing that I've definitely seen in you and you've probably influenced in me and definitely a blessing to have met you and definitely i mean we've had times where we've sat down for hours and just talked and really just dissected and like interpreted and just like made sense of things and argued on things and yeah i mean i can see why your siblings are also the same you got i mean with the passion that you hold jay it's i mean it you know it if it's not going to open your mind, it's going to have you thinking about it for the next couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely, you know, I can be pretty reserved when I meet people, but once I know a little bit about you and open up to people, I really do like sharing, you know, how I feel about things and what I'm passionate about, uh, you know, music and other things like that. We, we definitely vibe on all the time as well kidding me so so hard we're sharing music like every day like every (laughs) at least once a week no doubt a couple times a week for sure just throwing stuff back and forth yeah man i'm stoked for you to go uh see that billy strings concert this weekend i was just watching him last night after we were talking so stoked there's a live show happening if you want to watch it it's on the interwebs live from Asheville on halloween Billy strings, but um, yeah, that's a you're you're sharing your love for the planet. We can't thank you enough. As the vibrators are listening out there, um, I would say plug in some connections. This guy doesn't even have a cell phone. Talk about <laughs> why don't you have a cell phone? Can you fill me? In? Uh, I mean, I did have a cell phone, but it's old as hell, and the battery died on me. <laughs> and i just you know i can do most of the things i need on my laptop right now i'm not working right now so it's not really necessary and the you know i'm i'm in Shargao where there's not much internet i'm trying to be out in the water during the day not really glued to a phone so oh my gosh well i'll definitely have to take care of that when i come home though it's gonna be it'll probably be a lot harder in the states to not have a phone yeah, uh, you're traveling also, you you might need one. Yeah, I should have exactly. got one to you when I sent a box over there. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get a like uh, a little Chinese battery to throw in there when I get back to Davao before I take off, and that should give me another six months or so of life on the on the iPhone Seven. Oh my god! Yeah, they're basically giving away phones out here in America, so you'll be all right once you get here. Yeah, yeah, I'll take care of that when I get back. But we've all heard you sharing. We appreciate you, Jay. I want to give you this time to. What's your claim, dude? Plug in the vibes you want to spread to the world, um, where people can reach you. Um, hmm. Close your well, remarks. I reckon I use my Instagram for like communicating with people and sharing, sharing cool things. Uh, JT Spear 21. Um, I do a lot of stuff on Spotify as well. Definitely a big, big music nerd. We can connect and share some stuff there. Um, you know, I will listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm on Twitter, but I don't like tweet anything or do anything. I just use it for information and, uh, I don't, I don't really watch TV or the news or anything. So I prefer those realms of sharing information. Sick. Yeah. This podcast is totally meant to potentially, hopefully, and inspire definitely um, people who you know might want to reach out to each other, who might have liked like interests, or maybe one can help one another, and that's what it's all about. I want to brag about my friends and about the cool things that they are and do and represent. And um, so, if you need Jay, you know where to reach him. Um, as for you and I, Jay, love you, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be here. I know it was a long time coming and couple day planning <laughs> yeah so man, one, i'm glad one it worked love out. Having. much love to you brother um we'll definitely catch up soon and i'll see you in a couple months you appreciate you dog much love what's up vibrators if you vibe with that episode and you vibe with the pod go ahead and put five stars on the apple podcast rating and go ahead and put a comment on that spotify and go ahead and follow me on Instagram, and we can uh, DM each other, and maybe you'll be on the pod. Love you for it. And on the bio of the Instagram page, you can find the link to the Anchor FM if you'd like to support even further. Love you for it. Love you.